Greetings, and depending on when you're listening to this, a belated Happy New Year 2023. Welcome or welcome back to the Yearbooking Report podcast. If this is your first time, it's great to have you. Thanks for listening. My name is Scott Easy. I have been a Jostens Yearbook representative for the last 24 years, but I've been a journalist a lot longer than that. Actually, going back to my senior year in high school, yes, over 40 years ago, my goodness. Telling stories is the key. It was important 40 years ago. It's just as important today. Some of the tools have changed, but absolutely as important. And if anything, after the last three crazy years of the pandemic, it's probably crucially important at this point. And we're going to kind of touch on that in this particular episode. This one may be a little different. All right, we're not going to talk about how to take great photos. We're not going to talk about how to make great pages. We've sort of had a, uh, I guess you could call it a theme idea going this year. We had the photo episode. We had the design episode. Let's call this one the motivation episode. Now, again, that might sound a little odd. It's not nuts and bolts, if you will. But in our travels, we have noticed seemingly everywhere. There are a lot of people out there, a lot of students, and in some cases, advisors that just don't seem that motivated to get things done either on time or to do them well, doing the bare minimum, in some cases taking days or weeks, kind of like a break, and then things fall behind, and then things get stressful. It's been a year and you can maybe chalk it up to bad habits learned from this pandemic over the last three years. Come on, remember for kids uh, going to school online in their pajamas in bed every morning? Remember that? Yeah, not exactly great memories, unless, of course, you're a kid and you love that stuff. But when it comes to our yearbook, of course, and with any other good work out there, there are deadlines, there are things to do. How do we get people motivated, and especially students in this case, how do we get them motivated to get done what we need them to get done when we need it done? Who can we go to to get some answers for that? Well, we went to our friend Margaret Soros. Now, Margaret, in my opinion, is a legend in the yearbooking community. She works for Jostens now as a Jostens ambassador. She retired from teaching several years ago after spending 36 years as the stupendous advisor at Bryant High School in Bryant, Arkansas. I would say that Margaret is at platinum level. I'm assuming somewhere at Bryant in that building, they have a yearbook trophy case and it is full of regional and national awards earned during Margaret's tenure. Margaret is incredible. And we are so thrilled to have her as what we call a Jostens ambassador, which means she does a lot of teaching, either in person or maybe online, on all sorts of facets, design and photography and writing and sales and motivation, organization, planning, getting folks to do what we need them to do, which again, our observation, there are so many schools and advisors out there right now, I mean, maybe literally pulling their hair out, trying to get kids to get their work done and to do a good job with it. So we tracked down uh, Margaret recently, talked to her via Zoom, and we wanted to get some ideas and some feedback. Even though she's been out of the classroom for the last several years now, the basics are still the same. So you might want to do some note-taking here, and hopefully you'll pick up at least a few ideas 
that you might be able to use with your particular situation. First off, let's meet Margaret. Well, first off, Margaret, I appreciate you taking time out of your schedule and welcome to the Yearbooking Report. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Folks, we're going to cover a topic that uh, Margaret and I were kind of chatting earlier that it seems to be everywhere. And the main topic we're going to touch on in this episode is how do we get kids especially, and maybe in some cases advisors, to get a little more motivated to do their yearbooking? We're seeing a lot of apathy, a lot of folks struggling to get things done. And so we're going to touch, that's our main topic that we're going to touch on here in just a bit. Now, Margaret, first off, let's start with uh, some background uh, for folks that may not know who you are. Uh, tell us something about yourself, your terrific past experience, mm -hmm. and along the lines of maybe what you're doing right now. Go right ahead. Well, I uh, taught school and was an advisor for 36 years, most recently for Bryant High School in Bryant, Arkansas. And I retired and Jostens uh, approached me about being a uh, educational consultant for them. And I jumped at it because I get to do all the great things that I love is teaching advisors and students about yearbooking and photography. And I'm a member of the creative accounts team which is a fabulous team to work for at Jostens. Folks, this lady is a legend. All right. Let's, let's just call it for what it is. First off, uh, you know, Margaret, I have to wonder anymore, how many teachers make it to 36 years? What, <laughs> what do you think about that? Well, uh, unfortunately, you know, I have a friend that just retired after, uh, I think, 45 years, and I am in awe of that. Um, it's it's pretty amazing uh, for a teacher to start right out of college as an educator, and that be their continuing job until they retire, retire. I think the world has changed. That's a little different now. I'm curious, do you do, uh, somewhere in my stash of books, I have definitely one. I might have two past Bryant yearbooks. Mm -hmm. um, do you still have any kind of, I mean, you're retired, obviously. you have any kind of contact with them? You do it, like, do things for fun with them or anything in their, in their regard? Well, uh, absolutely. I, uh, the, advi the advisor who took over after me was one of my former students. And then when she left, another former student took it over. So I do go out to Bryant High School and work with them on their yearbook program and developing their program and uh, I spent a couple days out there at the beginning of this year as they were developing their theme and getting started on their 2023 book. Well, I tell you what, let me offer you a compliment, a big <laughs> one. Um, I've been at this 24 years and I've had situations where I've had a really terrific advisor. I mean, really good that either retired or maybe they just, you know, gave it up for some reason and the new person comes in and it's just not the same. I know that the Bryant 
high school yearbook is one of the best ones in the country. And even though you've retired for several years, Margaret, it's still terrific. It's yeah. still awesome. Yeah, you know, it's it's kind of that uh, legacy and the uh, the students at Bryant High School that are on staff, they really want to produce for their school community a really quality yearbook. And so they work really hard on all aspects of yearbooking. Now, these last three years, of course, have been so crazy. And it's hard to believe it's been three years of this, as I call it, the situation now. Um, with the work that you do now for Jostens, you know, the creative work and teaching and so on, right now, are you all in person? Are you some online? I mean, what exactly are you doing like right now? Uh, now, after it started in the spring, we're mainly all in person. Uh, I do do a few consultations with some schools online, but not very many anymore. Most schools are like, we don't want to do any online anymore. We want you in the room or we want you to give us immediate feedback. And they will do that with me sometimes. I'm curious, three years ago, spring, what, what recollections do you have from back then when the situation started and you guys suddenly couldn't go anywhere? I couldn't go anywhere. Nobody could go anywhere. What are your recollections from three years ago? I mean, it was uh, March of 2020, and it was a crazy time. I mean, I had just gotten back in February from a convention of, of ATPI in Texas, and we'd gotten back, and we were hearing about this virus, and every day the news was just shattering us, and I tell kids all the time, you know, remember three years ago in March of 2020, you went home for spring break and maybe that was extended for two weeks, but then you never came back. So it was very difficult. Uh, while most schools were pretty much finished with that uh, 2020 book, uh, there were a lot who had a lot of pages to fill. So on my team, we immediately, thank goodness for Zoom, we found Zoom, we created lessons, we did online with schools. So I think at one time, Tina Cleveland, you know, who's head of my team, I think at one time she told me during the pandemic, we did something like 47 events for our schools through Zoom. So we were constantly creating new content and uh, new shows. Like for me, because the kids weren't able to be in school and have the school cameras, we immediately created content so they could get phone uh, pictures with their cell phone photos. So that's just one of, there were some really good things that came out of that because we gave schools a lot of new tools. I'm curious, which was harder, doing online or doing in person? Oh, online. I I definitely want uh, to be with the kids in person for them to uh, use what I've taught, show me, uh, and they're way more engaged <laughs> in person than they are online because too many times I 
saw too many kids with blank screens uh, never even get to see what they look like. And I know that I have talked to some advisors who said during that pandemic that they never saw some kids at all, didn't even know what they look like because they just wouldn't turn their cameras on. That must have been fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Joe, you out there? Joe, Joe. Actually, I think I've heard a number of similar stories like that. Now, here's a question, Margaret. I've asked several people this year. Um, three years of this situation. Has yearbooking changed at all? I mean, is what we do exactly the same as it was before? Or have some things really changed in these last 36 months in any way? Yeah, uh, I think a lot has changed. So especially when they went, when schools went back in session in August or September of 2020 and they were virtual, they advisors had to figure out how to do a yearbook. And so there were a lot of things that they had to reinvent. And I like that the 2021 yearbooks are very different than other yearbooks because we saw a lot of unique coverage that we had not seen in other yearbooks. Um, some showstopper spreads or where they had to create content out in the virtual world. And I think that was a really good thing. And again, the other thing that I like is that we gave schools uh, the ability to use their cell phones for photography and empowered them with how a cell phone can take a really good photo and it could be a great image in the yearbook. Uh, so there were some like good things that happened from it too. All right. An opinion. Um, if we assume, hopefully, we're pulling out of this situation, although again, now you and I are talking in early January, and I'm hearing about some new variant. I'm like, oh, great, wonderful, that's terrific. Um, at some point, we're going to be out of this mess. That new stuff that you talked about, you know, the, the fresh new material and such, do you think that'll continue, or or maybe some folks will just try to go back to the way it was? No, I think it's going to continue. And I think uh, advisors had to really empower their kids to come up with a creative idea. And maybe those creative ideas came from looking through other yearbooks, from ideas, from what the CAM team was showing them. But they, I, I definitely saw a lot of schools do a lot of different things and I think that schools like that because we know in the 2020 and 2021 yearbooks across uh, the yearbook world, sales increased. So I think also during the pandemic, families, school communities wanted something that they could count on and depend on. And that was, us, that was that school yearbook, and that school yearbook became invaluable. We'll get back to more with Jocelyn's ambassador and fantastic yearbook advisor, Margaret Sorrows, coming up in just a moment. We're going to get into this idea of why is there so much apathy out there? She sees it. 
We've all probably seen it. What are some things you can do to help start to correct these problems here in the second half of the school year? So we'll get back to more with Margaret with some good ideas there coming up in just a moment. Maybe part of this, and we'll touch on this in the next segment, and it's my observation that the majority of yearbook advisors out there don't really treat yearbook as an educational enterprise. All right, educational. You have science class, you have English class, you have history class, maybe you have, uh, you know, home economics or something similar and so on, even gym class. You know, the idea in gym class is hopefully you're picking up new skills or you improve your skills to, I don't know, throw a softball better or shoot a basketball better or something like that. Yearbook is the same, or at least it should be. And yet in too many cases out there, yearbook is pretty much, okay, guys, sit down, get to work. No really teaching skills, no really learning anything by the students. It's just get to work. Uh, Go take some pictures. Uh, Here, go saw an ad. You know, that sort of stuff. Not really teaching how to do those things very well. Well, that's really an important ingredient in this whole mix. I've always been a believer that a well-run yearbook effort in any school is one of the most valuable classes in that school. Now, how can I say that? Oh, he's biased. No, think about it. In yearbook, hopefully a well-run effort, you're learning things like better writing, you're learning things about good photography, how to you know uh, size things up. Folks go to college, they're taking pictures probably uh, for reports and projects all the time. What about working on the computer and improving your computer skills? Well, that's part of the mix. What about things like public speaking? Maybe it's public speaking with your classmates about your book and getting information and doing surveys and telling stories and so on. Or it could be in uh, other facets. And then, of course, we have things like teamwork. How do we get a bunch of people to work together very well on a particular project? And, of course, then there's student leadership. Uh, You're not going to get this project done very effectively if you don't have some pretty good student leaders. And for you yearbook advisors out there that are feeling stressed out right now because you're pretty much calling all the shots, this is where you need student leaders to start to step up to take some of that pressure off of your shoulders and spread the wealth. There is so much that can be learned in a good yearbooking effort that a lot of schools just really don't do. Well, we got answers for that if you're a Justin school. Of course, Yearbook Avenue, the digital classroom. If somehow you have never checked that out, take a moment today and check it out. All the great ready-made lessons in there, the incredible Jostens J-Class video library that's in there, hosted by top yearbook people from all across the United States. Great, great stuff. Lessons, lesson plans, materials, presentations. It's all in there waiting for you. You know, the old line, you don't have to reinvent the wheel here. If you're a Jostens school, it's all sitting at your fingertips right on your own Yearbook Avenue website. Now, again, as we're doing this, it's the second half of the school year now. You might think, well, it's too late now to get that started. No, it isn't. It's never too late to teach some of the basic good skills of yearbooking. This would be a good time to start. If you'd like some more information, contact your Jostens representative. They'll be happy to show you, point things out, in some cases maybe even help you out in various ways. A well-educated yearbook staff makes a better yearbook. It happens every time. 
And so if you're kind of struggling along with your group, as we're going to touch on here again in a moment, maybe just teaching some of the basic educational skills, which might only be minutes a day, could immediately mean better results. Check it out. Digital Classroom on Yearbook Avenue. Now, these troubles that a lot of yearbook advisors and staffs are dealing with right now, folks doing the bare minimum, sometimes doing nothing, how can we help to change that? Let's get back to our friend Margaret Sorrows. All right, let's talk about our main subject here. And again, I've hit it too many times since school began, you know, August, September, you know, wherever you are. Um, It's seemingly an increasing number of kids and maybe in some cases, some advisors, they just don't seem to have the energy or the stamina or the excitement for your book that we'd like to see. Um, I mean, uh, Margaret, I've had veteran advisors tell me, Scott, I'm pulling my hair out. These kids just won't work. I don't, I'm, you know, I'm, what can we do? And I throw ideas at them and, you know, maybe some work, some don't. First off, in your travels, in what you do, are you seeing any of this this year? Yeah, absolutely. Um, whether we liked it or not, and probably not liked it, uh, the world changed. The yearbooking world, everybody's world changed. And when we have school systems who, depending on where you are in the United States, you might not have been back in person school for two years. That's a huge difference in a child's educational life. And we had to be able to pivot and think about, well, for two years, the yearbook student was alone in their room with their laptop on their lessons and they just didn't have the rigor. You couldn't require the rigor that was required in uh, normal classroom activities. I know a good friend of mine, Mitch Eden, Last year, he said, when they finally came back out of uh, uh, Kirkwood, Missouri, he was like, we knew the first thing that we had to do, I did, the editors did, we had to get our culture back. And I believe strongly that every student in school wants to be involved in something that's positive with a caring teacher who they know cares about them and Uh, So that's why a lot of kids like your book or band or whatever the activity they've shown, because there's an investment there from the band leader or the advisor. And so Mitch said we invested a whole year in showing these kids what that we cared about them and uh, their mental health was important to us and then we got that culture back because once kids invest in a program before or after the pandemic, they're going to work their hearts out because they want to do a good job. Now we've had Mitch on this feature and he's fantastic. I love Mitch. He's great. I want to, I've never been to Kirkwood, Missouri, but doggone, he has shown me a video of his facility. Yeah. When I picked up my jaw from the floor, I'm yeah, like, you're a high school like holy mackerel! Look at that. That's unbelievable. That's fantastic. But I guess uh, I, I, the thought here, Margaret, maybe is a couple of years people just learned a lot of bad habits, 
Exactly. And, that's yeah. That's it. And Mitch said it would take a full year to reverse that, right? You know, if you think about it, when students did not have to necessarily get up at a certain time, they could easily stay in their pajamas or lay in their bed, not turn their cameras on. So you develop some really bad habits during that two years. And um, you have to reverse that in the yearbook room. You have to show them that what they are doing matters to them, their school community, and to all the students in their school. We had to develop back that pride. And that's what Mitch said he had to do for a whole year. Now, if there are any students listening, guys, all right, pajamas are only for pajama day at school. That's it. Yeah. It's like one day. All right, pajama yeah. day. And I assume everybody, maybe a lot of high schools have pajama day or something like that. Yeah, they probably do during homecoming week or something like that. Now, Margaret, I'm just curious. Now, you've been out of the classroom full-time for several years, but if, yes. you were, if you were in the classroom right now full-time, how would you handle this situation? You know, I, I, it's hard for me to speak about that because I didn't teach or advise during a pandemic, but uh, I would just try to create a very positive experience for all the kids and make clear to them what my expectations and what their expectations were. So from starting off, I'd have clear goals for the staff that they would develop and individual goals for the kids. And we would constantly refer back to that and say, if you want this to happen, what are the steps that you have to do to make that happen? And, you know, even in a really good non-virus year, your booking is hard, you know, and you have to teach kids it's important to stay the course. All right, let's follow, let's follow up on that a little bit, all right? Again, for those advisors listening that they're just kind of struggling along right now, kids, you know, just won't do all that much. What are some basic, you mentioned one or two there, what are some basic ideas that any advisor could do to make sure that their staff is motivated and working and doing their best? Well, you need to make sure that every person on staff feels valued, that they know each other, that there's some really good team building activities going on. Um, you've got to schedule some fun days for them and uh, my motto was always we work hard and we play hard. So after work was done, we had fun activities. You know, all kids love food. And so food is a great reward. And sometimes just like connecting with the kids one on one and making sure since they had gotten out of the habit of contact, one on one personal contact with their peers is that they do that, that they learn how to speak to one another and converse with one another. And that helps when they have to go doing interviewing for their yearbook. All right. Now here's a thought, Margaret, and this is an opinion. Okay. Um, from the, all the years I've done this and the schools I've worked with and, and so on, not enough schools treat yearbook as an educational opportunity. It's pretty much, okay, guys, sit down and get to work. And if they teach anything during their class or club period, it's just, okay, here's how the tools work. Here's how you put a picture on a page. Okay, go do it. 
not much of the background educational material. Would you agree or disagree with that? Well, I, I haven't been around many advisors or schools like that, you know, and, um, you know, what, if you want to be treated uh, and valued by your administration, you've got to know that you are producing a journalistic product and that it's just not a picture book. And so these are invaluable skills that you are teaching students. Uh, every that it's the most valuable class in school. But kids work in a collaborative group. They problem solve and they have to produce a product. And there's no class in school that gets kids to think like they have to think in your book. All right. Now, Margaret, for advisors, maybe they, they've never even thought about it. It's just, okay, I'm supposed to make the yearbook. All right, let's go. What, I mean, you mentioned a few things there. What are some of the educational values of a good yearbook effort that kids will be able to take and go use elsewhere, either in another class or they're going to college or on the job or anything? What are some educational values of yearbook that kids will be able to use someplace else? Well, as I said before, working on a team, doing group work in a collaborative environment. Uh, when they get jobs, they're going to have to work in a collaborative environment. Um, problem solve. Uh, I have a lot of former students who have big, important jobs in Fortune 500 companies, and they will tell me, I got to this because of the what I learned in yearbook. Um uh, how to uh, 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 write a great sentence, uh, how to take a great photo, how all of those visual tools, because I have a lot of kids who are involved in marketing for big companies. So they know how to use social media. And above all, they know what it means when a professor or a boss says, this is due on this date. And they know how to, uh, make a timeline to problem solve that out so they aren't starting something at 11 p.m. that's due at midnight. You ever have any of those kids, Margaret, during your time? That started at 11 p.m.? Yes. Uh, no, because of the way my program was structured, they could not do that. I mean, maybe when I first started, I realized this is wrong. We cannot expect kids to have all this done and we don't uh, make a pacing guide for them. So once we switched to making a pacing guide, which are little mini deadlines along the way, when it got to the last day and we had to upload pages, it was a piece of cake. All right. Now you mentioned writing earlier. Um so many times over the years, Margaret, I just mentioned the word writing at a workshop or something, and I immediately see students giving me eye rolls, like, uh, because uh, you mentioned picture book earlier. The value of writing in the yearbook. What is the value of writing in a yearbook? Why should we bother doing that? Because a yearbook lasts forever, and they, wherever you go, if you go, you can look at your parents' yearbooks, you can look at your grandparents' yearbooks, 
You will uh, see them in your boss's office and they're often being pulled out. They are just great, great history books of the history of that year, of that school year. And writing is part of it because we won't remember who everyone is. We need names. We need to know faculty members, what they taught. We need to know what grades they're in. And that's just invaluable to document the history of your school. We'll get back to our final segment with Jostin's ambassador and longtime terrific yearbook advisor, Margaret Soros, coming up in just a moment. Yeah, we're going to talk uh, some things like social media. Uh, does Margaret like TikTok? Well, stay tuned. We'll find out. And again, we're doing this one in January. So what about the second half of the school year? I think Margaret's got some great ideas for the second half. So stay tuned for more on that coming up in just a bit. Yes, things have definitely changed over the years, over Margaret's tenure and my tenure and so on. Technology, everybody's got a smartphone. Maybe you're listening to this podcast on your smartphone, right? Or other, you know, computers and digital cameras and lots of great stuff. And of course, those are great. And if we can find ways to utilize those as part of our yearbooking effort, absolutely. Jostens has our amazing Yearbook Plus digital feature which is relatively new and fits like a glove with your yearbook storytelling, but it makes it a lot more interactive and fun and interesting. And for all those people out there with that smartphone in their pocket, we're going to put them actively to work, all connected to your yearbook. If somehow you're still not familiar with Jostens Yearbook Plus, you need to talk to your Jostens representative and say, hey, give me some of the details here. You, the yearbook staff, hopefully this is you, right? You have extra images of something, football, volleyball, homecoming, uh, chemistry class, um, some special event at your school you do every year, and so on. You have extra images. You're never going to have room for those on your pages. Well, we could try to connect them to the school server, which may or may not be around two or three years from now. Or you could just waste them. In other words, you got them, but nobody ever sees them. Imagine if you could share them out digitally linked to your yearbook pages. Jostin's Yearbook Plus can do it, and it's easy. That's half the equation. What if every student in school that is pictured in your book, think headshot, every student in school, imagine if they had the opportunity to tell their own story with their own pictures, up to 10, always moderated for safety, all right, no funny business, And those images are digitally linked to their headshot in your book. You don't have to do anything except promote it. The kids do the work, but they have the chance now to tell their own story viewed when your book comes out, whenever that is, May, June, summer, fall, whenever that is, five years from now, 10 years from now, on whatever gadget or gizmo they have at that time, wherever they are, not an app, nothing to load, nothing to keep, So I like to joke, the iPhone, I don't know, 35, (laughs) 20 years from now, if there is such a thing, it will be able to access these amazing extra digital images all linked to your book. What a tool. And oh, by the way, it's free for Justin Schools. This is an incredible value and an amazing opportunity 
to do some digital storytelling over and above what you put in your book. Folks, this is something that any Jostin staff out there, you've got to use this. Even if you really don't have that many images, here's a way to share them. And it's easy to do. Ask your Jostin's representative for more information on Yearbook Plus. And if you're perhaps a non-Jostin's advisor, you work with somebody else, all right, that's cool. But you've got to see Yearbook Plus. This is a Jostin's exclusive. It is incredible. And it's something you just got to see. And once you see it, you might think, hey, that's, imagine what we could do with that if we had that. And then start the conversation with your Jostin's representative. Yearbook Plus is incredible. And now that the pandemic hopefully is starting to quiet down, Plus is really starting to pick up steam. Get some more information. Yearbook Plus. It is incredible. Now let's get back to our final segment with our friend Margaret Sorrows. Actually, here's one, Margaret. Now, again, 36 years you did this. That's that's a long time. Well before social media showed up. How how has social media changed your booking? Because, I mean, you would go back to, I guess, the 1980s. No iPhones back then. No. Uh, No. Um, How has social media just changed the landscape as far as your booking is concerned? Well, obviously, it's a great tool for marketing your yearbook. There's so many great ways that you can reach students now through marketing because we know they don't read emails and uh, their parents may not read emails when they are going out. And plus the fact that um, you can find a lot of great ideas for coverage in your yearbook if you use, um, if you're friends with students, with their social media accounts, their Instagrams and their Twitter and their TikTok accounts, because a lot of times kids won't show this unique hobby or aspect of their life that they're interested in, but you can discover that through social media. All right, now I'm curious. TikTok is kind of huge right now, especially with the kids. Yeah. What do you think? Like it? Don't like it? What do you think? I'm, I'm not on TikTok. Uh, I get a lot of TikToks sent to me. And uh, it, it can be something that's very bad. It just does anything. And it could be something that's very good. So I'm kind of neutral on it. All right. Now, as far as advisors are concerned, now I'm from Pennsylvania. You're from Arkansas. I don't know Arkansas. Um, here in Pennsylvania, we have a serious shortage of substitute teachers. I mean, it is getting crazy in a lot of places. Um, is that sort of thing happening in Arkansas? Yeah, that's all over the United States. All Absolutely. Place? Okay. Which right off the bat means that a lot of teachers out there are under extra stress because the chance that they could have coverage, they may not have coverage. The principal has to walk down the hallway and cover for you or something like that. So for any advisors out there that maybe feel a little stressed out from your experience or your prior experience, especially the yearbook advisor, what are some things they should really be doing to help their particular situation? What do you think? For a substitute or? I just, just, I don't know, general mental health, yearbook health, their own career. For those Uh yearbook advisors that are just sort of struggling all over the place right now. If you had a chance to pull them aside and give them some advice that maybe is especially aimed at your book, like you should try these ideas, what would you tell them? Well, 
certainly they need to take time for themselves. They need activities outside of the yearbook room because yearbook is a thing where you could work on it 24-7 and still not be caught up. So uh, I, I always say, like, I like to and see the kids accomplish something every week. So, you know, I took uh, yearbooking a week at a time, and I'd often review with the kids on Friday about the great things that happened this week. And that's another positive motivator for kids to be bragged on by their teacher. And the more those kids are engaged with that advisor, the more they're going to work for you, the more they're going to make your job easier. And they're going to take uh, leadership roles in that yearbook room. Margaret, I love the weekly plan idea. I, I wish, I you know, I, I don't haven't done a survey or anything. I wish more advisors would do that. Kind of a weekly plan. Here's what we're going to get accomplished this week. And then next week, here's the plan. I mean, yeah. is, that, is that, that doesn't sound too hard to do, is it? No, it's not hard. Um, and uh, that's the pay, part of the pacing guide that I would make out. And they were, you know, four, a four week at a time. And uh, sometimes the hard time is like you, you said we're going to do this today and we're going to make time for this because it's important. It's very important to brag on those kids, to show amazing photos, uh, for to have the kids present what content they're working on uh, in front of the group, for everybody to feel like they are important in that room. All right, Margaret, one more question to kind of wrap things up. Now, you and I are talking here in early January, which, I, you know, some schools start earlier than other schools and so on. But roughly speaking, we're at the halfway point of the school year. We're about mm -hmm. halfway through. End of the first semester, start of the second semester, third marking period, whatever folks do. Um, some advice for the second half of the school year. Now, hopefully folks have been very busy the last, I don't know, four or five months doing various things. But now we've got the stretch run into May or June, depending on where you are. What are some things to think about, some things to do, some things to concentrate on for the second half of a school year? What do you think? Well, the first thing I would do is I'd look at that ladder and I would see exactly where they have coverage. I would analyze what they've done in student life. I would for sure look at their academics and see what areas of school they have not done any coverage. Go through all their clubs and organizations and see where that coverage is. And that's what I would structure my second semester on is let's get every club, academics, uh, student life, individuals, let's get them all covered in the second semester because it's not over. You, depending if you have a spring deadline, you're going to go till March. And if you have a summer deadline, you're going to go through June. So you have an opportunity to still tell a lot of great stories about your school. All right, one final question, kind of a, a, a follow-up on that one. Um, when, we're thinking way ahead here, when would you start planning and working for next year's effort? I mean, would you do that in the spring, do it in the summer? When, when would you start doing that sort of stuff? As soon as the yearbook was finished, and for us that was like the end of March, first week of April, we started. 
because downtime in the yearbook room is is non-productive time. So they were just used to that culture. So the seniors had a separate uh, complete assignment that they were working on, which was for me, it was just yearbook distribution. They were in charge of that. We did a big, a big presentation for that. And uh, the underclassmen, we immediately start developing a new theme and looking at what we wanted to change and what we wanted to do better. How much of the, how do I phrase this? How much of the work would you have literally done before the school year even ended? Would it be most of it, a little of it? How much would you normally have finished? Uh, just, a, you know, I would have them individually develop theme packets and, uh, then we always went to summer camp in uh, June or July. And from there, we would really uh, home in on what that theme was and what was going to look like. So it was just in the development stage. We may have even come back to school in August and not liked it and completely changed. All right, folks, free plug, because uh, uh, Margaret mentioned summer camp. Uh, I know up up where I live, uh, Margaret, there hasn't really been a summer camp since 2019, uh, like a regional type event I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. uh, Jostin's Advisor University is going to be in Dallas, Texas this year, uh, I believe the second week of July. Um, the Jostin's website, it's, it's not maybe not yet as we're recording this, but at some point they should have some more information on that. Margaret, should I assume you'd be attending that or teaching at that? Yeah, I'll be teaching at that. And um, as an advisor who attended that early in her career, it was invaluable for me to develop my program because often in the early years of my program, I would go, I'm working harder than the kids. That can't be right. And so I learned how to develop that culture of empowering the kids and uh, me being an advisor, a person who advises and uh, organizes. I was a great organizer of my kids and what they were doing. And by the way, any advisor can attend JAU. You don't necessarily know. You don't, you don't necessarily have to work with Jostens. That'd be great if you did, you know, obviously. But uh, if you're just an advisor looking to learn from the best of the best, JAU is your event. And again, you can check the Jostens website at some point this spring for all the particular information, registration, all that sort of stuff. Margaret, it is always a pleasure to talk to you. I'm so glad we were able to get a few minutes because I picked up a few things just while we were talking there. So I appreciate your time and uh, have a fun rest of the year. Thank you. Thank you. Once again, a big, big thank you to our friend Margaret Sorrows, Jostin's ambassador, veteran, veteran yearbook advisor from Arkansas. Margaret is a delight to talk to, full of ideas. And again, if you're a Jostin school, you may come across Margaret at some point, either online, various lessons, or maybe in person at some particular, like a summer workshop or a fall workshop event and so on. Margaret is priceless, and we are so, so fortunate to have her on our Jostin's team. She is amazing. Now, hopefully, you got some ideas, you got some thoughts from what she shared in our interview 
that maybe you can start using with your staff literally today, right now, to help turn things around if your staff is just sort of struggling along or in some cases maybe not doing much of anything. It's out there. Utilize some of Margaret's ideas. And of course, always utilize your Jocelyn's representative. They're also full of ideas. Or they can get some that you need. Just ask. Again, even if you don't work with Jocelyn's right now. All right, that's cool. Contact your Jocelyn's representative anyway to say, hey, you guys have any answer for this? I'm going to guess the answer. Like, yeah, we can get something. Hold on. We'll get back to you. And improve your efforts immediately. Always appreciate you listening. Thank you for listening to the Yearbooking Report podcast.